going to Acts chapter 9 is where we're going to read from today, Acts chapter 9. And I'm excited because today we're starting a brand new series. And I don't really uh, do series a whole lot, you know, because I have ADHD, right? Y'all know that? Did y'all know that? It's, a, it's, it's, it's terminal, you know, it doesn't go away. I could, I, could, I could go at any minute. And so, but we are going to start a series. We're going to attempt to start a series. We'll see how many weeks we go here. Um, but we're, we're starting a brand new series called I'm Taking My Life Back. Come on, somebody. Um, why don't you say that with me this morning? Say that on three. One, two, three. I'm taking my life back. Come on, don't that feel good? Maybe you're in here this morning and you're like, Pastor, you don't know me. My life is so together, you have no idea how good I am. I haven't sinned all week. I haven't, I, like, I've only been married once. I've never been addicted to drugs. I went to VBS my whole entire childhood. You don't know that I got my life. Maybe that's you. And I would say, okay. Um, maybe you're here and you're, we're, we're starting a new series called I'm Taking My Life Back. And maybe you're like, finally, finally, I'm going to be able to, to walk into freedom. Finally, I'm going to have some control over my life. I'm going to have some intentionality inside of my life. But here, here's what I know. We, we might be on both ends of that spectrum. Amen. But, but here's what I know. Everybody in this room today is not where they used to be. But they're also not where they want to be. So no matter what we talk about inside of this series, we're going to cover so many awesome things. I'm so excited about it. You're going to get so free. You're going to live such a great life after this. Uh, but I want us to approach this series kind of with that heart. Like, God, do something new in me. Come on, somebody. God, do something different in me. Show me things that I thought I knew that I don't know what I'm talking about. Do something in me. And I believe this. If you'll press in and be here over the next few weeks, God will do something in you that will set you up for the rest of the fall. Amen, everybody. And so um, here, over the next few weeks, we're going to dive into some areas in our life that we need to take back. Anybody got any areas in their life that are just out of control? The second service is way more honest than y'all. I know y'all are the religious service. Thank you. Praise God for the hands. See them, Lord. Well, we're going to dive into some areas that we need to take back. Areas, here, here's the thing, listen to me. Areas that the enemy has stolen from us, and not only stolen from us, but areas we've allowed him to keep. Because did you know this, that, that, that we do contend with an enemy, right? We don't give him a lot of uh, stage time here because I don't feel like he's worthy of the time. I grew up in church where like the devil was behind every rock, you know what I mean? We were super duper spiritual, and if you stubbed your toe in the middle of the night, it was the devil, right? If you, if you, if you, if you got a disconnect notice for your electricity, it was the devil. And it's like, no, you just didn't pay your stinking bills, you know? But we do have an enemy that we contend with. There is a force of evil that the Bible talks about. That, that Here's the mission. In John 10.10, 10, the Bible says that the enemy comes to steal, to kill, and to destroy. Let me tell you this this morning. As much as God has a plan for your life, so does the enemy. As much as God has a purpose for your life to, to do what he's called you to do, to reach the lost, to, to be a person of change inside of your family, to lay down generational patterns, as much as God has a, a purpose for you, so does the enemy. The Bible says he is on you to steal, kill, and destroy. Maybe you've got some areas this morning. This is what we're going to talk about, some areas that you've allowed the enemy to steal. But, but not only that, I don't know if y'all are like me, but sometimes I allow him to keep them. Some areas in our life that that we really need to take back and allow God to do a deep work inside of them. You know, uh, the, 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 the mission of the enemy is to, 
It's to steal, kill, and destroy, to cause trauma. Here's what he loves to do. This is what we're going to talk about today. I'm so excited you're here today. What he loves to do is he loves to allow your trauma to time travel. Are you all awake? He loves to have the things in your past, in your life, the bad things that have happened to you or, or in your life or the bad decisions you've made. Maybe it's a mistake. He loves to allow your, 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 your trauma to try, time travel to grip you with fear and anxiety and depression. Here's what the, I, this is in our culture today. How, how many of y'all know the world has lost its mind? But, but he would love nothing more than to just allow you to live an offended life. To have gotten wounded in the past and because he's taken that and we haven't taken it back to allow you to live a life of offense, to live a life alone, to live a life playing defense rather than offense. Are y'all with me this morning? And if he can do nothing else, he would love just to keep, listen to me, if the enemy can't steal, kill, and destroy, he would love nothing else than just to keep you busy and not focused on the calling and the purpose that God has for your life. To keep you busy in a pattern of running around the same thing, and you just go to work every day, and you've been married to this person for this, and you do this, you wake up, you take care of the kids, you get them to school, you go to work, you come home. You That's not the life that God has called you to live. Are y'all with me this morning? The enemy comes to steal, kill, and destroy, and and if he can get you to do nothing else, he'll get you to just live with your head down, living a frantic pace where your only moments of peace are on the, uh, the only moments of peace you get is when you drink or when you do this or when you watch TV or when you, you get on your phone and scroll for hours and hours and hours and hours and hours. That, that, that's what the enemy would love for you to live like, to, to convince you that taking your life back doesn't first start in the spirit. So, so before we ever walk into this series, and we're going to talk about the past today, but before we do this, I, I've got to let you know that, that in order to take your life back, you've got to understand that it first starts in your spirit. I tell people this, man, your life would get better if your spiritual life would get better. Your life would get better if your relationship with God got better. Your life would get better if you learned that the, that, that the life that you're living is not made up of just the circumstantial things in your life. There is a spirit realm that you contend with. Are y'all with me this morning? Right? That's what the Bible says in 2 Corinthians. It says, for the weapons of our warfare are not of the flesh. Come on, how many of y'all put a face to your frustration? Right? Your life's out of, out of whack and you're aggravated and you're upset and you're depressed and you have anxiety because your boss is terrible because someone did we, we put a face to our let me tell you this in order for God to change your life it first has to start in the spirit are you all with me this morning so the enemy has a plan for your life but also God has a plan for your life too he has an intention for you a pace at which he wants you to live and, and good things that he has in your future back to John 10.10, the Bible says that the thief comes to steal, kill, say it with me, and, and destroy. And I love this. This is the words of Jesus. He said, but I came. Come on, how many of y'all are thankful for Jesus? He said, yeah, there, there is this guy. There is this enemy that you contend with that loves to steal time from you, that loves to steal your peace, loves to steal enjoyment inside of your life. But he said, I want you to know, and I believe this just prophetically over you this morning, that, that Jesus says, I came so that you might have life and not only just have a life, not only just have an existence, not only just breathe air every single day, but that you would have an abundant life. Amen, everybody. 
Isn't that what we want at the end of the day? That's all I want. I don't want to just trudge through life and, and do this thing and, and go to work and go to take the kids to school and do all the things. Like, I want to have life abundant. I, I want to live my life in freedom. I want to, to do the hard work, which is what we're going to do over the next couple of weeks, to get past some things in our life and take some areas of our life, of our life back. God's desire is that our past, which is what we're going to talk about today, would not hold us back from our future. That the overall, listen to me, that the overall, here's God's desire for your life, that the overall tone and pace of your life would be one of joy and contentment. Amen? Now listen, you're going to have bad stuff happen in your life. That's just a part of life. Amen, everybody, right? Like, the Bible doesn't say that we're immune from trials. It, as a matter of fact, the Bible says, um, count it all joy, brothers, when you face trials of many kinds because it produces steadfastness in your life. So you're going to go through hard things, but the overall tone and pace of your life, God wants it to be one of peace, one of fulfillment, that, 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 that we would be, here's what God wants for you more than anything. I believe this, more than your own comfort. God wants you to be an age, an agent of change. In the culture that you live in, in the family that you're in, in the workplace that you're in, not simply one who just conforms with everybody else and goes with the flow. God's desire is that you would live a life full of hope and faith for the future. That when you think about your life coming up, that you have good thoughts. Come on, anybody else in here today? Sometimes we can just get stuck in this cycle of dread. And it's like, man, when you look to the future, God's desire, this is what I want to help you with today. God's desire is that when you think about your future, that you look at it with hope. That, man, great things are going to happen for me and, and things are going to come together. And I'm not talking about Tony Robbins' power of positivity, all of that stuff. I'm talking about that, that I have hope on the inside of me that knows that my best days haven't happened yet. That God's going to work out whatever's stressing me out right now for my good. That, that I'm going to walk into a greater future for me. That's God's plan for you. Not to wake up every day and to live with dread and anxiety and depression. God's plan is for you to have life but have it abundantly. Are you with me this morning? Okay. I feel like I'm trying to pull it out of you. That's why I'm talking so loud. Y'all are sitting there staring at me like wooden Indians. So here we are today. Today we're going to dive into your past. You ready? It's going to be painful at first. I told you this last week. I preached you a feel-good message, and y'all felt good, and I told you I was about to beat you over the head for the next three or four weeks. All right, and me too. We're in this together, right? And so um, today we're going to talk about, today we're going to talk about, we're going to dive into the things in your past, the things, listen to me, I want you to think about this, because this is not, this is not, man, I wish my, oh, man, I hope he's talking to my husband. No, this ain't that message. Man, I think it was, man, I wish my friend was here, because she sure needs to get over that. that. This ain't it. This is a message, listen to me, this is a message today where we look on the inside of us in our lives, and we ask God to change us. Amen? Today we're going to dive into your past. The things that have held you back from the incredible things that God has for you. The relationships that God has for you, the jobs that God has for you, the peace that God has for you, and most importantly, the purpose that God has for you. Here's the truth this morning. Here, let's just start right here. And I thought you started 10 minutes ago. No, I'm starting right here. The truth is, is that everyone in this room this morning has a past. 
No matter who you are, the Bible says that all sin and fallen short of the glory of God, so I don't care how great you think you are, how perfect you think your life is, the truth is that everyone in this room today has a past. Amen? That each one of us, listen to me, each one of us has a history. Each one of us, this is, this is, each one of us has things in our life that has happened that affect how we live today. Each one of us in this room has had something happen. Maybe it was last week. Maybe it was last month. Maybe it was when you were seven. Maybe it was when you were 13. But, but each one of us have something in our life that has happened in the past that affects how we live our lives today. Something in your childhood. Something in your teenage years. Something that happened while you were sacrificing for your country. Maybe it was a mistake you made. A big one. Anybody ever made a big mistake? Maybe, maybe it wasn't something you did. Maybe it was something you had nothing to do with. Maybe it happened to you. And because the enemy would love nothing else than to steal your joy from you and allow your trauma to time travel, you've been in this endless loop, never being able to get over something that happened in your past. Can I get a witness in the house? This is not God's desire for you. We're all, all of us in this room, let's just be honest, because this is the honest church, right? We're all, we are all in one or more of these categories. And just because it happened in your past, we're all in one of these categories. Something happened when we were kids, something happened last week. So we have things in our past. Just because it happened in your past doesn't mean that it should be controlling your future in a negative way. Just because it was a mistake you made 20 years ago, just because it was a mistake you made last week, just because it happened to you when you were 7 or 12 or whatever, doesn't mean, yes it happened, and we're going to talk about it today, we're going to acknowledge it, but it doesn't mean it has to control your future in a negative way. To control the decisions you make today in a negative way. To control the relationships you choose to enter in in a negative way. In a negative way, you see, we are today, and I hope you know this, but we are today in part made up of the things that have happened to us in our lives in the past. Did y'all know that? Think about it with me. Most likely you've already had some of these things come to mind. I can just see you getting emotional. Maybe they've already came to mind for you. And What I'm trying to show you is that, that your trauma... From the past will time travel into the present if you don't allow God to do something different with it. The decisions we make, the places we live. Think about how this controls. Think about what that thing you're thinking about right now that happened in the past that's been controlling your life. Think about how it, how it determines where you live. Relationships you get in. The way you think about money. I'll never forget this. I was in, uh, I was in grade school and we were poor growing up. My wife and I always have an argument who was the most poor growing up. Anybody grow up poor? Anybody grow up poor in here? And uh, we grew up poor. And my wife's like, well, we weren't, we, you know, we, we were poor too growing up. And I said, did your lights ever get shut off? She said, no. And I said, well, you wasn't poor. I said, did your car ever get repossessed after church? No. Well, then you wasn't poor. <laughs> and I'll never forget one time I went to school. And this is a funny illustration, but hopefully it'll help you think about your past and grab something really serious. But, but I'll never forget this. Uh, we, we, 
We went to church one Sunday. We were church people, man. We went to church on Sunday night, Sunday morning, Sunday night, um, Tuesday night prayer meeting, Wednesday night Bible study, Thursday night um, um, altar service. I mean, we, my parents were tithers, so I think they wanted to get their money's worth. You know what I mean? And so um, I'll never forget this, but we were coming out of Hardee's. And I, I remember like our car was gone. And I remember looking at my dad and I'm like, dad, someone stole our car. And he's like, no, nobody stole it. And I'm like, well, Dad, they obviously did. It's not here. we got to call the cops. Somebody stole our car. And he's like, no, somebody didn't steal it. And I said, well, where is it? He said, well, the bank took it. And I was like, what? Like, you know, I'm, I was seven or eight. I didn't understand what was happening. He said, the bank took it because we didn't pay for it. I'll never forget the feeling and the shame and the, the, just the, the bad feeling we had the entire, we had a ride home with this other weirdo guy from church that had a single cab Chevy pickup. My whole family's par- packed in the front of it. And I'll never forget the next day going in there and clearing out our toys out of the car that had been repossessed that was at the tow yard. Come on, tell you this. I lived a bigger part of my adult life chasing after money because I felt that feeling at seven and it determined the decisions I made in my future. Are y'all with me this morning? So, so maybe it's money. Maybe that's why you're a workaholic. Maybe, maybe it's depression, anxiety from something that happened in the past. And I believe this. God does not want something that's negative that's happened in your past to control or determine the way you live today. You got to take your life back. You got to take your past back. Okay. Maybe you were poor growing up and you said to yourself, never again. And now you're a workaholic. Maybe you suffered a loss that made you realize you're not in control and you've done everything in your power to make sure your life is in control. Maybe you tried once and you failed and now you'll never try again. Do you see how things that can happen in your past can control your, your today? Maybe, you, maybe God let you down. Maybe you prayed a prayer and God didn't heal your, your dad. Maybe he didn't heal your aunt. Maybe you lost somebody. Maybe you were in a relationship with somebody and they betrayed you and now you trust no one. Maybe you trusted somebody and they harmed you and now you've built walls around yourself and you've decided you'll never let someone else in. You, you put everything you had into that business to watch it fail and now you're scared to step out in faith again. Come on, give me an amen if you're on the same bus this morning. God doesn't want this to be the case. He, he wants you to, to be able to, to get to the place where you can redeem your past. He, he, here's what he really wants. He wants your past to serve as a platform for you to help other people. He really does. He, he wants the things, the, the traumatic things even that have happened in your past, to be the primary way in which he reaches people on this earth, your past doesn't have, listen to me this morning, your past doesn't have to define you. It doesn't have to determine your future. If you will let God grab a hold of your past, He can do something beautiful with it. You see, it's because that testimony that He's given you through the past is so powerful. Did you know this? That the Bible says that, that we will overcome by the blood of the Lamb and the word of our testimony. I know it's hard to believe right now, but, but maybe when we get done today, I know it's hard to believe that what happened to you could ever help anybody or could ever be a moment where you could speak from, from strength and, and, and victory and, and ever speak to somebody else that's walking through. But I promise you, if you'll allow yourself to, to take your past back, to take it back and to allow God to redeem it, it can radically change your life. 
Are you all with me? Okay, let's talk about the Apostle Paul. He's going to give us the keys. Acts chapter 9. Open your Bibles with me. Acts chapter 9. Inside of Acts chapter 9, um, we see this moment in the life of the Apostle Paul. Maybe you're not familiar with the Bible, and that's totally cool. You don't have to be a Bible scholar to go to church here. Um, that's for sure. And um, so the Apostle Paul wasn't always the Apostle Paul. Um, before the Apostle Paul was the Apostle Paul, he was a man named Saul. Everybody say Saul. And Saul's life mission was to deconstruct and to murder anyone who was belonging to the way of Jesus. So Paul was raised religious. He had the Old Testament memorized. He was a scholar of the Bible. But when Jesus came along and said there's this new way, it's not about works. It's not about how you wash your hands. It's not about how much you give. It's not about how much you memorize. It's, not a, it's all about grace. It's all about a free gift. It's all about because I'm going to die on the cross for you. I'm going to be your sacrifice once and for all. The sin gap is going to be closed because of what I'm about to do. And, and the religious people did not like that. Most religious people today do not like that. Huh? And so Saul decided it was his life mission to, to convict, imprison, or execute anyone who was belonging to the way of Jesus. Everybody, Paul had a past. What's interesting is Paul would go on to write two-thirds of the New Testament over 100 chapters in the Bible. The Apostle Paul was the founder of the modern-day church as we know it today. He set up churches in Ephesus and Corinth and Coloss and all of these places was this mighty man full of faith and power would ultimately preach the gospel to his death. Yet he had a past. How does he get from killing actual Christians, men, women, children, locking them up to being a powerful mouthpiece of God? Well, I believe... How we get over our past is the same story that we see Paul walk through in Acts chapter 9. It gives us some clues. How many of y'all know when you read the Bible, it reads you? So in Acts chapter 9, we see the story of the Apostle Paul. And this is going to give us some clues on how we're going to take our past back today. Acts chapter 9, read this with me, verse 1. It says, but Saul... Still breathing threats and murder and murder against the disciples of the Lord, went to a high priest and he asked him for letters to the synagogue at Damascus. So that if he found anyone belonging to the way, anybody who was a Christian, anyone who professed Jesus Christ. So just so you all know, Jesus has came. He has died on the cross. He's been resurrected. He's gone. And now Paul, Peter, the other apostles, they're taking the gospel forward. But he hasn't got there there yet. Paul had a Paul had a past and. It says, now he went on his way and he approached Damascus and suddenly, I love this, a light from heaven shone around him and falling to the ground, he heard a voice saying to him, Saul, Saul, why are you persecuting me? And he said, who are you, Lord? Notice he notices the divinity of Jesus in that moment. He knows who's talking to him. How many of y'all know, you know when the Lord's speaking to you? You know when the Holy Spirit's telling you to do something, to not do something, to be a part. It, it, it's undeniable. Notice this. He says, Saul, Saul, why are you persecuting me? And he said, who are you, Lord? And he said, I am Jesus whom you are persecuting. He's, he's coming face to face with his past. Verse 6, but rise, he tells Saul, and enter the city and you'll be told what you are to do. 
verse 7. The men who were traveling with him stood speechless hearing the voice, but seeing no one. Saul rose from the ground, and although his eyes were open, read this with me, he saw nothing. So they led him by the hand. So they led him by the hand. So they led him by the hand. And brought him into Damascus. And for three days. And for three days. And for three days. He was without sight. And he neither ate nor drank. Say this with me. Say I'm taking my life back. Say it again. Say I'm taking my life back. You know what's interesting. Is I love the Bible. Because it never removes the sins or the problems, or the, or the sinful nature of its central figures. The, the Bible is about one perfect person, and, not a, and everyone else in the Bible is, is incredibly flawed. But in this little moment in Damascus, it's going to tell us how to get, get over our past and to take our past back this morning. Here's the first thing you've got to know this morning. Write this down. How are we going to get there? How am I going to be able to, to look at the things in my past and not have them control my future in a negative way? Here's the first thing that this, this moment in the Bible shows us is you've got to allow Jesus to step into your past. Look at what it says here, verse 4. It says, And falling to the ground, he heard a loud voice, Saul, Saul, why are you persecuting me? And he said, Who are you, Lord? We, we are taught we are taught a few concepts when it concerns our past. Listen to me. This is important. We're taught a few concepts when, it's, when it comes to concerning our past. We're, we're taught to learn from it. Amen? Well, you need to learn from that. Right? You need to learn from your past. We're, we're taught that. We're, we're, we're taught you should forget about it. I'll forget about the past. Oh, you can't live in the past. Oh, you know what? You got to let bygones be bygones. This is a concept we're taught when we think about our past that you should forget it. And so we drink all we can. We work all we can. We stress all we can. We buy all we can in hopes that we can forget about the past. How many of y'all know that doesn't really work very well either? So, so we're taught to, to, to learn from Oh, just learn from it. Oh, just, just forget about it. Or here's a big one that religious people or church people love to use. Well, you know, Jesus died for your past. You know, Jesus died for your past. Yes. But the fact that I realize he died for it doesn't control why I have anxiety and depression today. Because I can believe that he died for my past, but it can never make the, the, the connection to my mind to allow me to live a life free from the, the implications of my... Man, are y'all okay today? It's so good. Now, I'm telling you, we, we, we've taught all these ways on how, well, Jesus died for your past. The blood of Jesus is big enough for what happened to you. Well, praise God, then why am I so miserable today? What, what can I do to take my past back? What can I do to allow God to redeem it? How, how do I step into a life that's not controlled by the terrible things that have happened in my past? You have to allow Jesus to step into your past. You have to allow him to step into your path. Just like he stepped into this moment with Paul, you have to invite Jesus into the moment that was detrimental and now controlling your life that happened years ago. You know, by default, we try to do these things that we're taught to forget about it, to Jesus died for it, and it never really works. It never really has a lasting effect in my life anyway. 
That's just never really had a lasting. The, the, this moment in Paul's life shows us a huge step we're missing in order to get over those, those things in our past. Is We've got to let Jesus into our past. There is nothing more. Listen to me. Listen to me this morning. There is nothing more that Jesus would love to do than to come into those painful moments in your past and redeem them. There's nothing more that he would love to do than to come into that painful moment in your life. That moment, picture it right now. He would love to walk into that moment in your mind and get, help you see it a different way. Shine a different light on it to redeem it. To, to make, have y'all ever seen the movie, uh, uh, what's it called? The movie where the people are in the people's heads. Kids watch it. Inside Out. Have y'all ever seen Inside Out? Y'all ever seen Inside Out? How many of y'all have seen it? Just raise your hand. It's gonna, I, I won't do the illustration. Okay, most of you have seen it. But you know, they have those things called core memories. And they would get mad every time sadness would touch the core memory. And then at the end, they realized that, that this core memory really needed to be touched so it could feel its full effect. I'm going to tell you this. The longer that you drink it away, the longer that you buy it away, the longer that you numb it away, the longer that you scroll it away, you'll never allow Jesus to come in and to touch that moment and to redeem it for His, for his purpose. To redeem it for His peace. Because here's what I'll I'll bet you'll realize when you do that. Do that this week. I bet you'll realize he was there all along. I bet you'll realize he was there in that moment. That you were not looked over in that moment. That you were not left alone inside of that moment. Here's what it looks like in real time. How do we let Jesus invade our past? Uh, we're, We're walking through life, minding our own business, and then boom, out of nowhere, something from the past comes in and it affects my day. Anybody else? You've got to train yourself to in the middle of that moment, right in the middle of your pain, you've got to learn to invite Jesus into that moment in your past. Does this make sense? Does this make sense, honey? Psalm 34, 18, it says this. It says that the Lord is near to the brokenhearted. He's not too far off. But I'll tell you this. Jesus will not go where he's not invited. Amen, everybody. The truth is, is that Jesus is, he was there, he is there, and he is waiting for you to invite him into that painful moment in the past. Although, all throughout scripture, we learn that anything that Jesus touches, he makes better. Blind eyes, they can see. Dead people, they can walk. Come on, lame people, they can walk. People that have bled for 12 years, stop bleeding. Everything we see in Scripture, Jesus touches, He makes better. You've got to invite Him in and allow Him to touch those moments in your past. To ask Him, to invite Him in. Here's the truth. We all invite all manner of things into help us manage the pain from our past, don't we? We invite all manner of things in to help us cope with the damage that has been done in our past. Substance, shame, guilt, all of these things we have to overcome. But when you invite Jesus into your past, things begin to shift. You begin to see things through the Spirit. Because I told you how to start in Spirit first. Here's the second thing you've got to do that that Paul shows us inside of this this moment. Did that help? Is this helping you? Yes? Yes. Y'all are just tired. I feel like I'm having to pull it out of you today. Anyway, it's heavy. It is heavy. You're right, babe is you've got to come face to face with your past. You've got, to, you've got to not only let Jesus into the past and allow him to redeem it and touch it and make it different, you know, change the core memory from blue to where they ended up gold or something. 
should have peeled that clip off and put it. It's a good clip. But you actually have to, this is, this is what sucks, this is what's hard, is you actually have to acknowledge that it happened. You have to sit and feel the ramifications of what happened. And that, ladies and gentlemen, does not feel good. And I'm going to tell you, I pretty much like to feel good all the time. Nobody else? I don't like to think about it. I don't want to think about it. I don't want to mess with it, right? I tell you, don't go meddling in the past. I don't want to mess with it. I, I, I drank enough beer to float a ship trying to not think about things that happened in the past. I have spent hours on social media scrolling trying to not think about the past. I have spent hours isolating myself off away from other people so I don't have to be around them and be reminded of mistakes or things that have happened in the past. Are y'all with me this morning? You got to come face to face with it. You'll never get over it until you can acknowledge it. And it sucks. It really does. I hate acknowledging it. Yeah, that happened. It happened. But you got to come face to face with your past. You know, in, the, in this moment, in, in Acts chapter 9, Jesus doesn't let him off the hook. Jesus says, why are you persecuting me? Why? Because he had to come face to face with what he had done in order to go to where God had called him to go. We cannot miss or acknowledge this, not acknowledge this step. The longer you pretend, listen, listen to me, listen to me if you don't hear anything else today. Longer you pretend like it didn't happen is the longer that it cannot be blessed for your future. You can't get to the future, listen to me, you can't get to the future that God has for you until you're willing to get honest about where you're at. And can I tell you this? God is big enough for every little emotion you have. If He created the world and the universes and you and me and all this stuff, don't you think He's big enough for when I'm mad? Big enough for when I'm depressed? Big enough for when I'm sad, big enough where I feel like I've got shortchanged or I got messed over on this deal or I can't seem to get it right over here. He's big enough for your for your feelings, everybody. He's big enough for your questions. I always hear people say, don't ever do we don't question God. Well, I do. I've been studying the Bible for 12 years for a living. And at this point, I have more questions than I do answers. The guy we're talking about, Paul, he said the same thing in Scripture. He says, the longer I follow God, the less I understand Him. And why do we want a God we can understand anyway? It's not really a God after all. Well, you got to come face to face with your past. You have to acknowledge it. Maybe it's to write it down. Maybe it's to pray about it. Maybe it's to come to small group on Wednesday night and get honest and talk about it. But you've got to come face to face with what happened in order for God to take you where you want to get. The longer you pretend like it didn't happen, the longer it can't be blessed and used for your future. Rather than face the reality of our past, we would rather just stay busy and pretend like it isn't there. After all, that's much more easy in the short term, isn't it? And what happens is, is we get busy and we do our best to stay busy and lo and behold, the past gets, gets stronger. Those feelings get bigger. It requires more alcohol to sleep at night, more medication to be not depressed or have full, full, full of anxiousness and, and anxiety. And we just pile all this, this stuff on and, and it comes up. We find something else to fill our headspace when it comes up. God doesn't reveal any. God, I hope you hear this. God doesn't reveal anything to your memory that he doesn't intend to heal. If he brings it up, that's because he wants to deal with it. 
If he brings it up again, that's because you ain't dealt with it. If he brings it up again, that's because he wants to touch it and redeem it and make it different and allow it to be your platform. But you won't allow him to as long as you're numbing it out and spacing it out and scrolling it out and drinking it out and choosing to not deal with it, not talk about it. You've got to come face to face with the reality of your past. The moment we come face to face with the reality of our past is the moment, <laughs> is the moment we can transfer ownership of it to Jesus. Huh? You realize you don't own the past? He does. But we love to take ownership for it. What do they say? Depression is, is, depression is living in the, in the past and anxiety is living in the future. Did y'all know that? We've got to come face to face with our past. You don't own the past, Jesus does. He bought it and He paid a high price for it. I wonder what things you've been carrying around from the past that you've refused to face. Hey, listen, he was there. And I know it's going to be super painful. And I know you don't want to talk about it, but it's so worth it. It's so worth it. Here's the third thing you got to do. Paul shows us in Scripture. This is a big one. You've got to be willing to receive help from other people. Can I just say this? You should probably get some therapy. I do. Weekly. <laughs> right? My wife, she came to me this week. She was like, I scheduled an appointment with my counselor. <laughs> I was like, good, good, you need it. You know, that's what I thought. <laughs> you need to go get us, you need to go get somewhere and get fixed, right? Isn't that what we think? No. I didn't say that. I didn't did I say you needed it? She needs it because she's married to me. That, that's why for my kids, I, don't, I haven't started a college fund. I'll just be honest with you. We started a counseling fund. <laughs> I want them to have great therapy when they're an adult. You know? Hey, listen, we've got, we've got to be willing to get help from other people. Listen, you don't know it all and you can't fix it or you would have already. You, you don't know how to deal with it or you would have dealt with it and it would be over and it would be redeemed and be ready to use for your future. If You, would, you wouldn't be running around the same mountain if you didn't need help with it. Amen, everybody? Right? In verse 7, it says, The men who were traveling with Saul stood speechless. He would not have got, and this is so good, to where God wanted him to go had he not received help from others. When we are getting healing from our past, we've got to see things in the proper perspective. Listen to me. His eyes were opened, yet he was blind. He needed the help of someone to get to the future that God had for him. He had to choose to rely on the help of others for his healing. We, we have a small group on Wednesday night. And um, I have a men's one. And then my wife has a women's one. We have some other ones that happen in the church, but ours is just the best one. Anyway, um, I think my small group is the best small group in the world, isn't it, Chris? And we have people that come in and don't ever like to share. And um, anyway, no, I'm just kidding. I've watched people, men in our small group, over the last few weeks, um, come in with heavy, 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 heavy things that have happened in their past. And I've watched as they come and 
you know, we do this thing where we check in at the beginning of, of small group. We're always like, how are you really, you know? And, um, and they'll be like, oh, everything's great. Everything's fine. Everything's it's awesome, man. Wife's getting good. Kids are great. Blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, you know, you're lying. And I watch after three or four weeks after they finally like, man, this happened to me and it's really good. And I watch them begin to tell the story of what happened in their past and I watch freedom come alive inside of their life. I watch, I watch Jesus come into that moment and we pray together and God redeems that moment for their future. I watch as they become bold and start to tell their story because I'm going to tell you this, people need to hear what happened in your past and how you overcame it because they're going to walk around wander, wandering through their life miserable because you're not willing to open up about what God brought you from in your past. You've got to be willing to, to receive help from other people. Here's the, here's the next thing real quick, next thing real quick. We're almost done. I got one more page. Y'all okay? Number four is you've got to take the time. We don't do this. They don't tell you this in church. They tell you if you've got a past, you just need to read more scripture. You just need to pray more. You just need to pray harder. You just need to pray about it. And I believe prayer works. But I believe you can pray about something forever and it never change. The Bible says to confess your sins to one another that you may be healed and pray for one another. Did you know that the Bible says that? You've got to talk about it. You've got to take the time. It says in verse 9, it says, and for three days he was without sight. This is interesting when you think about your past. It says, and for three days he was without sight. For three days, it's an interesting amount of time. If you're into numerology, one of the guys in my small group is, he was like, it's interesting, it's three days that Jesus spent in the tomb. It's interesting. In order to recover from your past, in order for God to take it back, in order for you to take your past back, you've got to take some time. The Bible gives us this powerful truth that we often miss in our culture. This is one of the reasons that many of us walk around with so much baggage is we don't need or we don't take the time to heal from our past. We don't even take the time to heal when we're sick. Physically. Just, I'm going to push on through. i got a friend that's walking through physical healing, getting better. And he's like, man, I just feel terrible. I just feel bad. Man, I just freaking, I couldn't get up at 7 o'clock. I, I just want to sleep all day. And, and I'm not, uh, yeah. I said, well, you're sick. You should rest. <laughs> but, but we don't. And, and the same thing is true with our past. It's like, yeah, that was traumatic. And you should take the time to heal from that. You shouldn't just keep shoveling dirt on top of it, hoping it goes away. Because it won't. You've got to be okay with giving yourself the right to take the time and allow God to heal you from the inside out. Are you all with me this morning? You've got to take the time. We don't stop and take the needed time to heal from our past. Three days. Three days. I believe this is what time to mourn. He mourned what the people that he had killed. He mourned the innocent people that he put in jail. He mourned the families that he separated because he was putting people in jail for following Jesus. He, he had time to repent. Maybe that's what it is. Maybe it's just hitting your knees and saying, Lord, I, need, I, I, need, I, I don't want to do this anymore. Time to process. When's the last time? Listen to me. Can I help you today? When's the last time you just sat and processed your past with somebody you really care about? She said, man, this happened and I never really talk about it. 
Huh? Hello? It's deep. I know. I'm sorry. I told y'all. I warned y'all. Listen, if you don't take the time, the time will take you. If you don't take the time to get healed, you'll never be the parent that you really want to be. If you don't take the time to be healed, you'll never be the spouse. You'll, you, you, I'm not saying you need to leave your spouse today. That's not what I'm saying. Don't hear what I'm saying. No, 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 no. Don't even put that on me. But if you don't take the time to step back and get some help for yourself, you'll never have a successful marriage, ever. You'll just be two broken people dancing around the same mountain. Listen to me. I'm done. Listen to me. You've got to allow Jesus to step into your past. You've you got to allow people to help you. You've got to come face to face with it. You've got to take the time. Listen, this, this almost killed me. That I was, I was struggling, you know? Struggling. And I refused to like shut the train down and say, I'm not okay. It literally almost took my life living like this. That's why, that's why I'm passionate about you getting over your past. Stop. Take the time. Nothing is more important than your healing. Nothing is more important than you being okay. Nothing is more important than you receiving the help you need, the counseling you need, the processing you need. Nothing is more important than you allowing God to do something significant in your past. Are you all with me this morning? I think I had one more thing. I'm, le I'm legally allowed to close a couple of times without lying. When we take the time, it affords you the freedom to tear down old ideals and build new ones. I bet that's why Paul told us in Romans 12 too, do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewal of your mind. It's probably because he needed his remind nude, his remind nude, his mind renewed. For me, this transformation didn't take place overnight. It took months to begin the process for God to heal my past. To step on the path to health and fulfillment. Hey, listen, I'm with you. And some days it gets super dark and super hard and that's super normal. But now, when that thing from the past comes up, you know what to deal with it. You got to allow Jesus to step into it. Ready, everybody? You got to acknowledge it. You got to receive help from somebody. And you got to take the time to process it. I love this because sometimes we get so selfish with our healing. We, we, we like to get free and sit in a pew forever. Acts chapter 9 verse 18. I love that I'm thankful that the Apostle Paul didn't get stingy with his healing. It says, and immediately something like scales fell from his eyes and he regained his sight. Then he rose and he was baptized. And taking food he was strengthened. For some days he hung out with the disciples. Took some more time to process. Verse 20. Read that with me real loud. Verse 20. And immediately he began to proclaim Jesus in the synagogues. Hey, did you know this? That what happened in your past, that God's going to walk people into your future that need freedom from the same thing that you, you got free from and you'll never be able to lead them into freedom if you don't get free from it now? Are y'all with me? All right, everybody, take a deep breath. Yes, praise the Lord. Y'all feel better? Maybe I stirred some stuff up. Maybe the Holy Spirit did. It was good. But hey, 
if we're gonna if we're gonna if we're gonna live the life God's called us to live, we can't be slaves to our past. Amen, everybody. Would y'all stand with me today?